grace and mercy and peace are yours. From God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. God's word for our meditation this morning is the gospel lesson from Mark chapter 4. That day when disciples let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. This is the gospel of our Lord. Did you recognize it two weeks ago? Did you commemorate it? Not Father's Day, that was only one week ago. Two weeks ago? You know what I'm talking about? Come on, Monsoon Safety Awareness Week? Come on, it was June 13th to the 19th. Our governor declared it. Come on, you guys. you got to be ready. Because it's monsoon season now, right? You know, I'm not even fully aware if they're real. I've been here two years and I haven't actually seen one yet. I, I, no, I know they're real. I know they're dangerous. I've, I've heard the stories. I've seen the pictures. But are you ready for those monsoons to hopefully come this year? You know, it, it, it's okay if you missed Monsoon Safety Awareness Week. You can go online and, and read all about the safety precautions you should take. Do you, do you know that... To prepare for monsoon season, you should have an emergency kit ready. 72 hours worth of food for every member in your family, three gallons of water, first aid kits, uh, all of these things that you should have ready, just in case. And then they've got these little catchy phrases to help you remember monsoon safety. Uh, so here's one of them. See, I'll test, test if you know, if you're ready, right? Turn around, don't drown. Right? You, you don't drive through the flash flood areas. Right? It's very dangerous. You turn around and go the other way, or you wait. Right? Those waters can easily sleep you, sweep you away. How about pull aside, stay alive? Right? When the dust storms come, you don't drive through it. You wait until it passes. Uh, when the thunder roars, go indoors. Right? Lightning can be very dangerous. Right? Stay away from it. Right? All of these little things to prepare us for monsoon season here, the storms that will hopefully be coming. What about spiritually speaking? Are you ready for the storms? What about when those figurative monsoons come? Are you ready for those? Maybe when you sit here, you feel pretty safe and ready, don't you? I mean, here, and we get to sing together and hear God's word together. We, we feel safe here in what we call the holy ark of the church. We feel safe gathered with our fellow Christians. Maybe you feel safe as you read your devotion before you go to bed at night. You feel safe as you read the Bible with your family around the dinner table, those times when you feel safe. But what about when the storms hit? Are you going to be ready? Because you know that they hit. Unlike the monsoons of Arizona, the storms of life will come. 
because you've been through them before. And maybe, maybe you're in the middle of one right now. Are you ready to handle it? Do you feel equipped right now to endure it? Because they come. And in those moments, you know that you have no control. You can't stop it from coming. What are you going to do? Will you be ready? If anyone should have been ready for storms, it should have been Jesus' disciples, right? I mean, these are men that were hand-picked by him, that, that got to spend every day with him and listen to him and learn from him. Here on this very day of, uh, of the context of our lesson from Mark 4, they've just heard him teaching all day about where faith comes from and how it grows and, and how that faith makes a difference in our lives. Right? If anybody should have been storm-ready, it should have been these guys. Well, the day is drawing to a close, and Jesus says, let's, let's go across the Sea of Galilee. Let's get away for a little while. And, and that was probably welcome news to the ears of these men. Because remember, most of these guys are, are fishermen by trade. They were fishermen on this Sea of Galilee, this very sea that they go out on, before Jesus called them to be fishers of men. And so that probably was a, a great thought. We haven't been out on the water for a long time. Yeah, let's sail across. And, you know, it was, when they left, it was beautiful weather. And it must have been very peaceful out there after a long day. And maybe they were talking together, reflecting on everything that, that Jesus had said that day. And they were so filled with joy and encouraged in their faith by, by everything that he had taught them. Maybe some of them were falling asleep. Jesus did. He went to the back of the boat and fell, in, fell asleep on a cushion. But it seems like they weren't ready. Because as they're crossing, a storm comes up. And remember, these are, these are experienced men on, this, on these very waters. See, sea of Galilee is positioned in a, in a place where they get a lot of storms, pop-up storms. It's 500 feet below sea level, and Mount Hermon looms just to the north. And so very often, winds will sweep down off Mount Hermon and cause these pop-up storms real suddenly here on the Sea of Galilee. And so these fishermen, by trade, would have, would have known how to handle storms like usually on this, on this water. But not this one. This one's different. Mark calls it a furious squall. And the water is swamping the boat. And who knows how long these guys have been fighting the wind and the waves and the rain. And, and they're just exhausted. And, and, they, and they're afraid. These professionals. They don't know what to do. Except to go wake up Jesus. And it's interesting how they come to Jesus. You think, after everything they've already seen so far in their time with Jesus, they go back and maybe shake him gently, maybe tap on his shoulder, and say, Jesus, we're sorry to wake you. We know you're really tired. We know it's been a really long day. You deserve the sleep, the rest, no doubt about it. Jesus, we got a little problem here. And we know you're the Son of God, and we know that with just your words, you could calm this storm. Can you help us out, Jesus? That's not how they come. Listen again. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him, and the picture is they go back and they shake him awake. It's, it's not gentle. And say to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? 
Don't you care? Is that a familiar question to you? Don't you care, Jesus? Have those words come off your lips? Or maybe gone through your mind? Jesus, don't you care if I drown? My marriage, it's sinking. Jesus, don't you care? I'm drowning in these bills here, Jesus. Don't you care at all? My health just seems to continue to get worse. Jesus, don't you care? I, I just feel like I'm rowing and rowing and rowing, and I'm not getting absolutely anywhere. And I feel so alone. Jesus, don't you care? Jesus, I, I, I've got this sin in my life that I, that I hate, and I just can't overcome it. It just continues to trap me. Jesus, don't you care? Jesus, I'm bailing water off of this side of the boat. It's coming in just as fast on the other side. Drowning in all of these problems and struggles in my life. Jesus, don't you care at all? Maybe that question is familiar to you too. When those storms of life hit, and you think you're ready, but you're really not. And that's the question that comes off our lips or goes through our mind. Don't you care, Jesus? Sure, you talk about faith and how that faith grows and how that faith is supposed to look in my life, but, but when the rubber meets the road, when real life happens, where are you? Sleeping? Taking a vacation? Because it seems like you really don't care. Maybe that's where Job was, right before our first lesson. He looked at everything around him, and he finally threw up his hands and said, What gives? Where are you? Don't you care? And in his questions, God comes, and he answers. But you notice how God answers with a whole bunch of his own questions. Uh, we just read 11 verses from chapter 38 in our first lesson, Job. God asks Job four chapters of questions. <laughs> Where were you, Job? Who are you? You ask these questions without knowledge. Brace yourself like a man. Let, let me tell you who I am. Let me remind you. And you know what Job's response was after four chapters of God questioning Job? Job was led to repent in ashes for forgetting that even in the spite of the storms and the struggles and the suffering of his life, he had forgotten who his God really was. And he was led to repentance. And maybe that's where you've been in the past or maybe where you are right now. Or maybe where you'll be tempted to be in the future. To ask, don't you care? Where are you? Have you forgotten? 
And it's in those times of life that God comes to you. He comes with his own set of questions for you. And you know the questions he would ask you? He would take you to a cross. And he'd say, look, look at that cross. What do you see on that cross? You see blood? Yeah. And do you know whose blood that is? No, it's not yours. It's the blood of my own son. The innocent blood of the Son of God himself shed for you. You ask me, do I care about you? You ask me if I'm here and I love you? Look. Look at the innocent blood of that one who cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me, but yet never once doubted that I loved him perfectly. All for you. For all the times that you have doubted, for all the times that you have shaken an angry fist at me, God says, look to that cross and see every sin forgiven. Tell me. You think I don't care? Come, let's go. Peer inside. Look into this tomb. What do you see? It's empty? Well, yes it is. You know why? Because that very Son of God who shed his blood on that cross for you walked out on his two feet to assure you that death no longer has any mastery over you, and so nothing else in this life can either. No problem, no struggle, no suffering. It's all under my control. Look into that empty tomb. You think I don't care about you? You think I don't love you? You think I'm not going to be there for you when you need me the most? And like Job, we have to repent and dust and ashes as we again are reminded who our God is. The one who created this world and laid its foundations with his powerful word is the same one who comes to this powerful word of the gospel to say, I'm right here. I've never left you. No matter what you're going through, I'm here through the storms. This God who suffered for you, to come along and suffer with you, and wanted to take all the suffering away. And sometimes, you know, we get to see the sunshine after the storms, don't we? Sometimes we, we get to experience that. We can look back on the storm and we can see, I see how God used that. Right? Because when God is done with those storms in your life for the purposes that he has you go th through them for, he calms them. Just like Jesus did. He stands up and he says, be quiet, be still, completely calm. God does the same in your life too. When that purpose for that storm is over, he takes it away. And sometimes you get to see it in this life. Right? And then you get to praise God. Just like Job, you get to see how he made you stop looking at yourself and look to him. And he strengthened your faith through all of it. 
and he maybe disciplined you. You get to see it and you praise God. But, but you know, there's sometimes in life in these storms that we go through that we don't know the purpose. And we wonder why. But don't ever, ever confuse silence with apathy. Don't ever, ever confuse the fact that God doesn't tell me why this storm happened with he's indifferent or doesn't care. Because this God is the Lord of even the storms of your life. And he's not sleeping. He's on duty all the time to either calm it or calm your heart as you go through it. Friends, I, I know that you have storms in your life. I, I know that you've gone through them, and I know that some of you are going through them right now. And I've been there too. I've been through those storms in life, those, those times when you wonder and you question and ask, don't you care? But it's in those very moments that God makes his presence known. It's there where he longs to assure you that you're safe because you're loved. And you most certainly are cared for. Look to the cross. Look to the empty tomb. If God has promised you forgiveness for every sin, if he has promised you a home after this life free of all of this suffering and trouble, then know that he's going to be with you until you're safely there. So friends, you can be still. Your God is in control. Yes, the almighty, all-knowing, gracious God who loves even you. Be still. And know that God is in control. This one whose all-powerful word, who made everything out of nothing, can come and bring you that peace and that stillness your heart longs for with this power, same powerful word. Be still. Be still and know that God is in control. Are you ready? Are you ready for the storms? Hopefully you're ready for the monsoons that are hopefully coming, maybe even this week, they say. But are you ready for those spiritual storms? By God's grace, you are. Because in Christ, you're safe. In Christ, all your doubts and your fears and your worries are taken away. In the promise of his peace and his forgiveness, all worries are removed. All doubt is vanquished. That I am loved. I am his. And I am most certainly cared for. God grant it to you.